Welcome to the Self-Publishing Queen podcast. My name is Josiane Fortin and I'm a self-published author. I'm obsessed with helping and motivating writers to publish their books and share their gift with the world. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to take action and be the writer you want to be. Let's go! Hello, writers. I'm Josiane Fortin, and today I'm interviewing Nick Morrison. Nick is the self-published author of three books under his own name, but he has also self-published other books. So thank you for being with us today, and please tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Um, very wide open. I guess uh, we'll just start with who I am. My name is Nick Morrison. Um, I'm a professional musician, composer, um, teacher, guitar player, and uh, I as you've mentioned, have published books, um, on, self-published books on Amazon uh, under my own name, and um, they are guitar uh, method and theory books so that I use them uh, in my teaching, but I also use them as uh, lead magnets to my business. I have a sort of a larger business other than just selling books, um, but I've, I've been doing that. I've been playing guitar for a little over 30 years, professionally for about 20, um, and composing music for film and television television since about 2009 and got into self-publishing in 2019 well, 2020 really um like many people i'm sure many of your listeners um you know met with uncertain times around march of 2020 mm -hmm. and uh, started looking for new ways to make income online and and connect with either you know a new audience or the audience that they've already got or expand their business or you know many different reasons why people decide to get into self-publishing um, but that's when i really got into it and um and since then it's been it's been a whirlwind and a lot of fun a lot of learning and um, i had one of my books if, if you had, had seen it it was the um it's called Guitar Fretboard Memory Magic. It's a super simple way for people to memorize all of the notes on their guitar fretboard. I know it's probably super boring for non-guitar players. but uh, It's not boring, actually, but I'm not good at guitar. <laughs> fair enough. Um, that actually hit the Amazon uh, bestsellers list in uh, three different categories for about six weeks in awesome. uh, 2021, which was really, really cool. Um, and that book continues to do very well for me. And then I've got a, a, a larger book, which is a theory book. Um, and that's basic music theory for guitarists. And that really came about because my audience said, hey, you know, we love the way you write. We love the way I've also got a YouTube channel and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And they're like, we really like the way you present material. Can you do like a theory book for us? And I thought, well, I, nobody really wants a theory book because it's like the most boring topic. <laughs> but on they the do want it. They asked for it. <laughs> well, but they asked for it. So I said, OK, I'm just going to listen to my audience. And, and out it went. And it's been doing OK for me as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased about it. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, going back to the first book that you talked about, like that was like a bestseller for so many weeks. Like what was the magic behind it? What do you think made it? like be a bestseller? Did you do a lot of marketing? Is it just from having a, a big following on YouTube? What yeah. was it? I mean, it's really kind of a, um, a combination of a bunch of different things. So my biggest, and I don't know, um, kind of, I, I guess, quick, quick question for you is the bulk of your, your listeners, do you think most folks are writing um, fiction or nonfiction? Obviously I, I think write it's a good mix of yeah. both because I've covered both topics. I'm just nice. really okay. open to like many things self-publishing pretty much yeah, yeah. from like all over the world. So, so with, with, um, with nonfiction, which is what I write, it's, it's relatively easy to do what we call, I'm sure you're familiar with the, with the term keyword research. 
mm-hmm. and to find what topics, what um, um, ideas or what issues need addressing and are being searched for um, in terms of volumes, whether across Google or YouTube or certainly Amazon, which is where we, we live and you know, publish books. Um, so a combination of finding the right keywords and finding something that is um, not hit market saturation yet. Like there's lots of demand, but not a lot of competition. So that's part one. Part two is having certainly some brand recognition in the marketplace, you know, a decent sized YouTube and, uh, you know, a good Instagram following and, you know, a mailing list that I've been building up for 20 odd years. Um, but then also marketing push. It's like, okay, well, how do we, how do we look at getting this in front of people? So there are, you know, there are promo sites, there's uh, editorial sites, blog posts, uh, e-zines, these sorts of things, and kind of putting all of that together into one and having a solid, uh, launch plan over a course of, you know, sort of six to eight weeks to get the book out and get the Amazon algorithm sort of working to your favor so that it shows your books to more and more people. Um, and kind of a combination of all of those things really, I think is, is really what led that book to do as well as it's done. Um, and the other key thing, and I'll, and I'll wrap this up real quick for you, um, that particular book, and even if my theory book, if you look at it, they serve a very particular purpose. So they're very pointed. Um, it's not a catch all, like a, an everything to everything, everything to everybody book. And they, they serve a very particular purpose. So the, the point of that book, like the memorize the fretboard, it's six steps. It's very short. It teaches you one thing, you know, you buy it, boom, you read it, you're done. And it's very binary. Yes or no. Can you translate that same sort of thing to nonfiction? Not, or to, excuse me, to fiction, maybe not quite as easily, but if you have an audience already built up who knows you as an author, like let's say you write um, uh, high fantasy, for, for example, and your, your, your main thrust is, you know, elvish lore and these sorts of things. If you have a very pointed uh, approach, you can build that audience so that they keep coming back again and again and again and again. And then eventually book two or book three is going to be that bestseller for you because you'll have hit the tipping point where enough people know about you when you release that next book. Boom. And off you go, right? Yeah, even in fiction, you can use keywords to and hit like mm-hmm. the market tropes, like what people are looking for in the books. But in your research, when you looked at keywords, like how could you figure out what was in high demand versus like low offer? How could you figure that out? Because like I'm trying to use like I'm selling in the Amazon.ca, so Canadian yep. store, and I can't figure out like where there is like a hole in the market. So how did you do that? Interesting. Um, so I guess my, the main hack I can give you <laughs> is don't use the Canadian website because primarily <laughs> it's like 85 to 90% of Amazon shoppers are actually amazon.com. And the Canadian website is a very, very different, um, even though it's the same website, it's the same company, it's the same everything, but Canadian shoppers are very different. So that's kind of the first thing is that I do is I, as I focus my keyword research on the .com. And then really what I'm looking for is I'm looking for a keyword or series of keywords that have um, a high degree of search volume. So um, lots of demand. And when I, when I measure demand, what I'm looking for is a series of other books that are out in the marketplace that are doing um, and I'm sure you've, you've heard of, there's a tool called KD spy. No, I haven't so used that. I, I'm not affiliated with them at all, but it's something that I've, I've purchased and I used, I think they're out of the UK and, uh, it's a Google Chrome extension. So you can download it and it will pull Amazon data for you and show you, okay. 
um, roughly monthly sales figures, how many reviews the book has, how many books are in that niche, and it will kind of give you a really quick uh, breakdown of everything. But that's kind of what I look at. And I want to see, for any given keyword, I want to see kind of a minimum of four books that are selling and doing maybe $1,000 per month plus in terms of uh, revenue with a hundred, and this is this is now then the competition side of it because you also have to um, figure out what kind of authority figures or other books that are selling am I going to go up against. And I want to see in the competition side, I want to see maybe like a hundred or fewer reviews. Okay. Because the more reviews you can get, the better your book is going to look. You know, the higher conversion rate you're going to have, the lower your A costs in terms of ad spend. And so those are the things that I look for there in terms of um, demand and then the actual sort of competition. And if if I can check those two things, then I know I've got something that is probably going to be profitable and in demand. And then I look at it from a further standpoint of like, okay, well, do I have authority? Like, do I have authority here? Yeah, can you I need to have to this? Like, have something to say about the yeah, topic. Can, obviously, can I create a book in that in that yes. topic? Uh, and then if, if I've got all of those check marks, then it's like, okay, cool, let's do it. Okay, just going back to the reviews, like you said, it it needed to have less than a hundred reviews so that you knew that the author wasn't that well known. Is that it? Part of it, okay. um, because I mean, I I you know, to be perfectly honest, it's not like I work for Amazon, so I don't know for sure. But if you if you spend enough time on the on the website, and if you spend enough time with tools like Katie Spy, there's another one um, I can't remember. This it's like a big scraping tool, um, and it's really big in the FBA world. I can't remember the name of it right now. It doesn't matter. But if you spend enough time, you start to see these little trends, right? Things that correlate back and forth. And you find that there are two types of books. There are authority figure books written by, so in my case, like Hal Leonard, Cherry Lane, um, uh, you know, the, the big music publishers. And then there are other books written by other guys like me mm -hmm. or gals like me, right? That are independent publishers. And so you want to kind of, look at it with that lens of like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to compete with a Hal Leonard or a Cherry Lane because those books have been out for 20 years, 30 years. They've got 50,000 reviews and okay, that's great. Anybody that's going to buy that book is going to buy that book. They're not going to buy my book. But then you look at all of the other books that are by um, independent publishers. And as long as they've got sort of a hundred re reviews or less, you know that, okay, cool. They're, they're selling and they've got that sales volume. So you know that they're selling, but the, the hundred reviews or less is there's this weird thing on, on the Amazon sort of platform and algorithm where as soon as you start to approach that hundred review mark, Amazon, at least it seems, will start to push your book to more and more viewers. And you actually then get more and more reviews. So to give you an example, that Memory Magic book, it took me, I launched it January 2021 and I had a hundred reviews by about August or September of that year. So it takes a long while to build those reviews up. But once I hit reviews, I went from 100 to 150 between September and December of that year, right? Okay. It's so much faster. And then of course the sale, the sales volume picks up as well. So these are the sort of things that you're looking at. The other cool thing about that is most, most, not all, most self-publishers don't really understand the power of the review and they don't, this is going to sound bad, but they don't chase down their readers. <laughs> Right. They, there's no call to action in the book. Like, Hey, if you really loved my book, yeah. please go leave it a review on Amazon. There's no, um, marketing or push after the fact in terms of creating some sort of email list or attraction for your readers to come and join your ecosystem. Because if they're uh, buying your book from Amazon, they're actually Amazon's customers, not yours. 
right? You get no customer data. We don't have emails. We don't know names. We don't know anything about them. But if we can embed something in the book, either in the first couple pages or in the back matter of the book after they've read it, asking for that review and then, hey, if you'd like to know more, if you'd like to follow me, join my newsletter, maybe you give a free giveaway of some sort. Um, and then you've got that customer data, then you can follow up with them. Yeah. And, do you offer a freebie? What is it? Yeah, I do. Um, I've got a couple different ones depending on the book. Um, so with that first book, I offered a, uh, a short, um, there was two actually, there was a short, um, guitar chords and, um, uh, scales like workbook. Okay. Um, which was like a really quick ebook download. And then the other one was a video, uh, course outlining exactly what the book showed them to do. So like you could read it or you could just have me teach you. <laughs> and so that's available for free from my website. So, you know, they read the book and then they say, oh, cool. I'll go visit, visit guitardojo.ca, put in my promo code, boom. And then I get that video. Um, and I find that that's really, um, been very, very good because people, you know, the last thing people want to do usually is, you know, they've just spent money on a book. The last thing they want to do is have to read another book. So if you can give them an audiobook version or a video course or some other, you know, really high value, um, quote unquote, relatively low effort lead magnet, yeah. um, it really ups that conversion factor. I'm asking about that because I'm having a hard time, like figuring out what will my freebie be? Um, like, I just can't seem to find things that relate to my book. So that's why I'm asking mm. other authors, like what do totally. you do to get like new subscribers? Yeah. And how do you stay motivated working from home since you're like remote and by yeah, yourself? Totally. Um, I don't, you know, I, it's, it's funny because I'm, I'm at a stage in my life where I've had, like, I've been a professional guitar player for a long time, but I've also gone through periods where I haven't been able to tour or make money playing or had, you know, any placements for six months or eight months or a year at a time. So I've also had a whole bunch of really can I swear? I won't swear. I've had a bunch of really poopy jobs. Okay. okay. Let's keep and that so, clean. <laughs> yeah, we'll try and keep it clean. Um, so for me, I just look at that going, you know what? I don't want to go back to another poopy job. You know, I don't want to have to go clock in and report to somebody that I don't like or don't respect and make other people money. So for me, that's always kind of in the back of my mind. And that's what motivates me to keep moving forward. Um, and I, I, I really value my free time. I really value being able to be my own boss and it's fun. So, you know, and because I'm in a, I'm in a niche where, I mean, you know, you can see, obviously I'm a guitar player. I love music. I love teaching music. I'm talking about music, playing, like it's just who I am. So if, if you're, you know, looking at becoming a self-published author, um, you know, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, if you can get into a niche where you are super passionate and you love it and you would be doing it, if you would even make $0 doing it, you're going to stay motivated and you're going to keep going every single day because you love it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And what was the hardest thing for you to become a self-published author? Was it writing the book? Was it publishing the book on the platform? Was it like marketing? You talked a lot about marketing, so I yeah. think you got that figured out, but what was the hardest thing? I, I think honestly, the hardest thing is marketing. It's, it's, it's marketing, it's chasing people down for reviews and in a genuine way, right? Like not like, Hey, give me a review jerk face, <laughs> right? But like what, what's in it for them? Cause you got to figure, you know, either they're a complete stranger 
or you know maybe they know you and they followed you for a little while but at the end of the day they don't really know you and they don't owe you anything so what value can I provide to that other person what value can I provide to my community that will engender a sense of yeah we really like Nick we want to see him succeed and we want and we know I know that if I go and leave him a review his book is going to do better he's going to have better cool content he's going to be able to make more YouTube videos he's going to be able to publish another book etc 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 so kind of getting over that was was a big thing and then the marketing thing because you know there's a bunch of technical stuff that I guess you need to learn to be able to self-publish a book like when it comes to like formatting and design and layout and um, writing of course and editing and finding somebody to actually edit your work that you trust and you know finding subject matter experts to review your work you know again depending on the the technical nature or not of your subject but you know you do need to find a team of good people that will work with you so that's all a learning curve but the marketing is something that I think is very strange to most creatives, right? Because again, I'm coming from the world of music, but you know, if you, if you've been an author for a long time, maybe you've been writing, um, and I'm talking to your listeners, of course, at this point, or even you, but you know, if you've been writing short stories, you've been writing poetry, you've been writing long form content, whatever, you're probably really good at the creative side of stuff. And that's the easy part. Now you have to switch off that creative brain and turn on your business mind and go, cool. Now I need to sell this. And it's a hard thing. I think for most of us to get over, to contact or talk to a potential customer and say, hey, by the way, I've got this great thing, you know, based on whatever you've been talking about, blah, blah, blah. It sounds like my book would be perfect for you. Would you like to buy it? And that's a hard thing for creatives to mutter, right? To get out of Yeah, because they can say no. And then you're crushed. (laughs) Yeah, but you have to realize that it's not, it's not, they're not saying no to you. They're not even really saying no to the, the book or the opportunity to own the book or anything like that. They just don't understand the value that you have yet. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm saying. This is a weird little hurdle that we have to yeah, get that's over a mindset. as creatives. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset, right? And so the other interesting thing is sometimes it's just a matter of repetition. They actually did a study and you can look this up. I'm sorry, I don't have a link for you right off the bat, but um, one of the big marketing firms, and it was probably within the last five years, they released a study and online, this is specifically to Amazon, a shopper needs to see Um, an item. So whether it's a book or, you know, the cool new toothbrush or a pair of shoes or whatever, they need to see an ad for that item a minimum of seven to 12 times before they even understand that that item is for them to buy. And then they need to see it a further five to 10 times before they actually make the decision to purchase. Now, of course, there's always, you know, um, uh, outliers on both sides. You know, there's people that will see the ad and immediately go, oh yeah, that thing's for me and then buy it. And then others will be 30 or 40 or 50 times, you know, in terms of impressions before they actually make up their mind. But these are the averages. So sometimes we have to just get over the fact of the first time we ask, people are just going to say no. Because that's actually how we've been programmed for the most part in North America to react. Think about it, right? You go to a store and somebody says, hi and welcome. You may not even hear the hello and welcome. You're just like, no, it's okay. I'm just looking. (laughs) Right? We're on the defensive. We don't want to be sold to. So part of that in that marketing mind is just getting over it and realizing people are just going to say no out of defensiveness. So they'll say no, you'll ask again, they'll say no, you ask again, they say no, you ask again, they say yes. (laughs) Right? So repetition. Yeah, repetition (laughs) is key. And what do you think is the best platform for creatives to get their work seen? Um, Well, I mean, that's a big question, but obviously we're talking about about books. Um, I really, I personally believe that Amazon is the best platform to, as a self-publisher, get your stuff out there because there's an entire engineering team 
behind the Amazon web store that works on placing your book in front of the right buyer at the right time. So if you have the marketing on point, if you have your niche selected and narrowed down perfectly, if you have great marketing, if you've got a great cover, a killer title that has some sort of uh, oomph or, 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 or question that burns to be answered, they're going to buy that thing. And then, of course, the other thing that we didn't even touch on yet is that there's also Amazon has this other side of its business called Audible. Audible is fantastic. And it's a hugely underdeveloped and underutilized platform for selling your books because most people, when they think, oh, I'm going to be a self-publisher or I want to get a book published, they think ebook and they think paperback. Mm-hmm. But there's that third option, which is the audiobook. And if you're at all interested or at all um, motivated to learn how to do it, you can even narrate your own book and put it up for Amazon. So basically, I guess what I'm getting at is don't leave money on the table, right? Because people Yeah, come but that sounds so complicated. Like you need yeah. to have a setup and you need to always make sure that you're at the same um, distance totally. from the mic and sure. sometimes you speak louder so it doesn't work <laughs> and then you have to kind of figure out how to edit that. Totally. I I'm suppose I take it for granted because I'm in that world. I've I've lived in that world for a lot of yeah, years. So audio for production granted. for me is easy. <laughs> However, ACX has an entire plethora. There are 250,000 narrators that are chomping at the bit to narrate your book. And you can get them for as low as 50 to $100 or less even per finished hour to create your book for you. As mm-hmm. a one-time payment, you pay them out, they create it, and you know a week to 10 days later, you've got a perfect audio book ready to roll. They and give you a file, like the actual yeah, file, they, and it, that's all you all, upload there? It's all handled in the back end by ACX. So basically, you make a listing on ACX saying, hey, I've got this book, I'm looking for producers. They will submit auditions. You pick the one that you like, come to an agreement in terms of price, you sign a contract, they get to work, they upload the book to ACX for you. You don't oh, have okay. to do anything. And then you just listen and go, yep, yeah, I like it, approve, you pay them, and then it goes to ACX for a review, and then off it goes. And but, did you do that, or did you yes. record it yourself? I, I, um, I've done both. Okay. I much prefer to narrate my own books because I'm faster and I'm better than most. <laughs> Um, but I've done both, I've done both systems and, and it works, it works really, really well. Um, but again, getting back to the, you know, don't leave money on the table, right? If, if somebody lands on your Amazon listing and they love the the cover, right? It's got, it's super eye catching and the artwork is really cool. You've got a great title. The description is killer. And they're like, wow, this is amazing. But they're one of those people that doesn't have time, right? <laughs> they, they may say, well, you know, I'd buy the book, but there's no audio version, Right. So we want to make sure we give them that option. And, uh, and it, it's, it's very surprising how much extra money you can make just from having that, that Audible option up there for them. And then the other cool thing too is that Audible gives you the, the option to include a free PDF copy of the book with the audio file. So for the, I guess, price savvy consumer, they can get an audiobook and an ebook for the price of just the audiobook, right? So a lot of people are opting to do that now. Okay. Um, yeah. I realize what it percentage like I'm selling is it? ACX, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> what percentage of your revenues, if we only talk about books, like what would you say, paperback, ebooks, or um, Audible? What what is what is the biggest chunk of it? So paperback still pays the best. Okay. Um, and I would say that that's, in terms of revenue, probably, let's say about seventy percent. Okay. In terms of overall revenue, and then. The Audible and ebook, it depends on the mo- on the month, but it's probably about twenty percent 
um, Audible, and then about 10% ebook. Okay. So, and it's going to vary, right? Niche to niche. Like my yeah. books, primarily because I'm teaching guitar stuff, most people usually want to have a, uh, you know, a printed hard copy in their hand so that they can right. work with it and, you know, make notes and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but, you know, surprisingly, there are a bunch of people that really like them as audiobooks as well. What other writing projects are you working on right now? Um, so <laughs> it's, as I had mentioned, I've got, um, I've got my website where I, uh, sell lessons and I've got a membership site and I'm working on a lot of, um, video lessons and whatnot for that particular project right now. And I've actually just launched a, um, uh, an app where people can download my app and interact and take lessons that way versus having to, to just deal with books. But I am working on, I guess you would call it a, um, a chord scale compendium. So, um, kind of like an encyclopedia for guitarists. Okay. Again, not super exciting stuff, but it's something that my, my community has told me that they really wanted. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of work. I've been working on it since sort of December of last year. If I'm lucky, I'll be done by December this year. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then it'll go into the process of, you know, design and, and layout and all the kind of, you know, art, art department stuff. Um, and it'll probably be out for, um, 2023, but that's, that's kind of the ongoing, uh, writing project at the moment. Do you get questions about how to write for television? Because you said you, mm -hmm. you, um, have music for television and movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Like yeah, people so must be interested and want to do totally. the same thing. Totally. Um, some of most of my audience. So like my, my key demographic, right, is kind of the 35 to 45 year old male um, looking to play guitar. And they're usually intermediate level, right? Okay. So like they're not complete beginners and they're not, you know, advanced players necessarily. Um, and, and that kind of skill set. But within that, there are some folks that are like, hey, you know, I really would like to get you know, um, more professional or I'd really love to make a business out of this or whatever. So I've got a few handful of guys that I'm, um, working with and mentoring okay. that, um, are looking to get into that, but it's certainly not my, um, it's not the meat and potatoes of my business. Let's put it that way. Makes sense. Yeah. Although it People, could be yeah. <laughs> down the road, right? <laughs> Why never not? Say never. Yeah. And if people want to know more about you, about your books, where can they connect with you? Um, Well, I got a few places. So you can, you can find me on Amazon, obviously, if you just look up Nick Morrison guitar. Um, I've got a website. It's guitardojo.ca. Um, yeah, you can find me on um, uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash Samurai Fingers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then, of course, Twitter is also Samurai Fingers. Instagram is Samurai Fingers. Um, you can see I'm wearing my branded hat. Yeah, um, we can't read it, though. Yeah, so it's just, that's, that's the symbol, and it says Samurai Fingers. So it's a nickname I picked up when I was living in Japan. One of the music directors I was working for, he's like, wow, you've got, like, fingers like a samurai. And I was like, oh, that's great. I'm, like, I'm going to use that, right? <laughs> so it's kind of one of the catchphrases that I've got. You know, I can, teach, I can teach anybody how to have fingers of a samurai when they play guitar, right? I don't think you could help me out. Like there's, I'm just a lost cause with guitar. It hurts my fingers so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. I'll make sure to share the links in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been, uh, it's been fun and hopefully, hopefully been helpful for people. Um, and I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm at a level right now, you know, I still say I'm a small creator and, uh, you know, if people do reach out via YouTube or if they reach out on the website or whatever, like my email is available and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I will get back to people. 
you know, like if, if it's, if, and if there's something that I can do, if there's something that I can help, I, you know, I will be more than glad to, to do so. And if I can't, I can, I can usually have some sort of contact I could probably get you in touch with, um, that, that may be able to help with certain things. So certainly, you know, just to let people know, you know, I'm, I'm pretty approachable and I really believe that helping others and giving back is really the best way forward, um, to, you know, and it's not nepotistic. Like, it's not like, oh, I do it so that more people will know who I am. <laughs> it's, it's just literally, you know, just giving back and growing and, and putting out positivity into the universe. And the more that you do that, the more kind of tends to come back to you. So it's a, uh, it's a give and a take, right? Awesome. So thanks for letting our audience know about that. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving me a review. If you are ready to publish your book, let me take your hand in my course, How to Self-Publish on Amazon. I will show you every step you need to take to successfully go through the publishing process on the platform. Keep on writing, 